Well, welcome, everyone, to the Robin Walter Show. God bless you this day. As usual, so much going on. Just to remind you, you can contact me at robinwaltershow at gmail.com, the webpage at robinwalter.net. Podcast, type in The Robin Walter Show, separated by a space between the words on your platform of choice, unless it is Rumble. In which case, you just type in Robin Walters Show with no the and with no space between the words, and you will pull up the program. All right, we're going to get rolling today here. I've got a lot of things to cover, as always, and I want to start with what is going on politically at the national level. And, our, uh, and raising the question here whether the Dems the Democrats are in the process of pushing Joe Biden out. As I've mentioned before, the polls that indicate that Biden's support is down to 30% or less is not surprising except in one way, and that is that there are still 30% of the people who support this guy. This is seemingly indicative of the fact that there is a substantial portion of our population that's fundamentally unqualified to vote. And that and that is growing, the degree of indifference, apathy, the fact that they draw their conclusions from Twitter feeds and a few minutes on CNN and MSNBC and thereby form their political opinions or they're just simply demon-crat robots being cranked out by so-called educational institutions. Academia is anything but these days, it seems. That's a whole other program. I don't want to go down that path because I'm already teased to do so. But are they ramping up the polls against Joe Biden? There's been some speculation that the polls are now actually trying to show him to be less popular all the time. These are being left-leaning polls to show him to be increasingly unpopular, to try to get him gone before it's critical for 2024. The belief apparently being that 2022 elections are a foregone conclusion. I wouldn't necessarily say that. It's difficult to imagine what cheating strategies the left has cooked up this time around. And for those of you who run into people, which is pretty much all of us, that still contend that the elections were fair, just simply ask them the question, have they seen the documentary 2,000 Mules? If they haven't, you just tell them then you the, you are entirely uninformed if you are unwilling to watch the conclusions drawn from four million minutes of videotaping of ballot boxes, drop boxes, which have now been ruled illegal in Wisconsin. Or not, well, they've been illegal, not just ruled illegal. They're stating that that was a violation of law in Wisconsin. And how many other places? I don't know. But the 
the ramping up of the apparent attacks on Biden by the left can only mean of one of two things. Either, or I guess I could speak to both, actually, but either they want to build a momentum against Biden when there's time for him to be replaced, or those same Democrats are desperately trying to distance themselves from Biden by attacking him and try to preserve their own political derriere in the process. So it raised the question in my mind, all right, was this traitorous sale of millions of barrels of oil from our oil reserve to China or China-run company? Was it done to actually get more Democrats to want to fire Joe? I don't know. I mean, we talked about it last week. It's, it's probably it was impeachment uh, event number 18. Is this, uh, is this done to accelerate somebody else's entry into the 2024 race? Well, we know it can't be it, it can't be the design of Kamala Harris, Cami baby. First of all, she isn't that smart. Second of all, uh, she she is not qualified to serve as dog catcher. That is a job. That is a political job, uh, an electoral post in much of the United States, mostly the eastern part of the country. But she's not qualified for dog catcher. She might be qualified as an understudy for the next remake of The Wizard of Oz as a Wicked Witch of the West. She's got the laugh down, that's for sure. So she's dumb as a fence post. Everybody knows it. I think Harris knows it. But So she's out, all of which, as I mentioned last week, seems to explain the quirky behavior of Gavin Newsom and attempting to pick a fight with Ron DeSantis or the state of Florida, generally speaking. But there's something I want to share with you to... I think, help explain what's going on in the Newsom-DeSantis tiff, which is designed to vault Newsom into the 2024 race. And I don't have to look any further than the state of Arizona. There is a five-member race, which wouldn't matter to most people, except those listeners, of which we have, of course, a lot in Arizona, the number one, well, just as an aside, the number one listening city in the United States for the Robin Walter Show is Las Vegas. But anyway, so Las Vegas, you're close to Arizona. Maybe you might care. I don't know. But there's five people running for Senate. When you have a crowded field, there is a political tactic being played out in Arizona, which is what I believe to be in its early seminal stages nationally for presidency. So you've got five candidates, a crowded field in the Republican side. This is just the Republican side for Senate in Arizona. Two of them have squared off, Lehman and Masters, Jim Lehman and Blake Masters. I'm not going to get into which one I prefer, but this feud is by design. When you have a crowded field, 
Now, when I'm done with this, you're just going to hate politics even more. But this is the way it goes. When you have a crowded field and you want to elevate yourself against the, uh, in reference to the rest of the crowd, you pick out a more likely candidate as a target and you start a fight. You start a barroom brawl as has been the case between Lehman and Masters. And because of the accusations, the refusals, the counterattacks going back and forth, the elevation of that fight has a tendency to eliminate all the other candidates. So what you want to do if you're in a crowded field like there are those five, you want to get rid of at least three. You can't get rid of all four. Because you can't attack everybody, but you can attack one person and cause the non-thinking, apathetic, typical electorate these days, in many respects, to think it's only a two-person race. It is a it is a tool that is shrewd, but it works. And this is what I sense to be the attempt by Gavin Newsom to quickly eliminate anybody else from considering a run on the Democratic side, Elizabeth Warren, Hillary Clinton, the old has-beens, been there, done that crowd. And Newsom is the only real new person uh, thinking he can pull a JFK, that being the telegenic one in the crowd, He's going to get the jump by picking a fight with DeSantis. Whether DeSantis is the candidate or not, relative to Donald Trump, who knows? There, there is no one else besides those two, Trump and DeSantis. But Newsom will distinguish the race as being only between two people. Like Lehman and Masters, thereby eliminating from public attention anybody else attempting to get attention and which includes, frankly, Donald Trump. He's trying to create that fight, the barroom brawl with DeSantis, and have it be a two-person race a full year before anybody has really declared or would likely declare their candidacy. Will it work? Well, it's working in Arizona. Will it work in, uh, across the U.S.? I don't know. But that's the, that is the tactic of Governor Newsom who couldn't be more unqualified, and God help us, if we have a California governor as president bringing other 49 states into the California narrative of sin, debauchery, and let's see who can be the first state and nation fully um, enveloped by the flames of hell, the way I see it. So, and speaking of Newsom, of course, you all know that there are 22 states now, the state of California won't allow uh, uh, government officials or uh, people who are paid for by state dollars to go to those states because those states are actually pro-life and they're pro-traditional family, meaning knock off the queer crap all of the tranny stuff and all that business you know one of those states is Montana. But Newsom being the typical democratic, hypocritical guy that he is, decided to vacation in Montana. 
Well, I'm wondering, this just just crossed my mind here the other day, since UCLA and USC, University of Southern California, are joining the Big Ten, and some of the schools are in states that Newsom and the Californiaites have declared to be morally off limits, meaning they're the only the meaning states that actually are attempting to maintain a degree of true moral high ground, which Newsom considers loathsome, Gavin loathsome. Well, what's going to happen to UCLA when they want to play the uh, University of Indiana, at in Indiana in Bloomington? All right. How about uh, I don't I'm not sure what other Big Ten states, Big Ten schools are in states that are on that list. I don't have that list in front of me. I just know it's up to 22, and if it grows to 49, glory hallelujah. That means there won't be anybody who will be paid by the state of California leaving the state of California. You guys can just keep your suckers there. We don't want you invading Texas and other states. And California Attorney General Rob Bonta said with respect to the fact that they were now putting Indiana on the hit list, said, quote, make no mistake, there's a coordinated ongoing attack on transgender rights happening right now all across the country, end quote. Hey, Rob, baby, another brainless left-wing, left-wing's being kind. He's to the left of left-wing. Attorney General following Javier Becerra, who followed Cammy Harris. Gosh, what a pack of losers. Rob, here's a newsflash. You're stating that there's this attack on transgender rights. The trannies haven't had any rights. They don't have a right to cross-dress and go into the opposite-sex bathroom until you Democrats have pushed the law. And when people of right mind and sound moral character push back, you claim it's an attack on the tranny rights, rights which have never existed. So make up a right and then have somebody challenge a made-up right, which isn't a right because it's just made up, and then say that the rights are being trampled. Okay, I'm going to get a bit academic here. You see, what the left really hates is federalism. Now, this is a concept lost, and it's lost because it's not taught. And most people say federalism, oh, that means, well, the federal government can do anything. Federalism actually means the exact opposite. Federalism means that there is a certain, there are certain rights of self-determination at the individual state level. The concept behind federalism is we need to let the states have the right to a certain level of self-determination. Now we're not suggesting that they can secede, although they can, but not under the term, not under the guise of federalism. But the idea is let these states determine their own direction so that at the end of the day, even though I hate that expression and I just used it, you will have some states succeed and other states fail in moving through certain matters of public policy. Take, for example, education. So if you have federally mandated 
educational mediocrity. All government teacher unions running everything, and the state and the federal government lays down the guidelines, which they have no right to do, no right under the Constitution to dictate the federal desires as a mandate upon the states. The way they do it is they throw the states a whole bunch of money, which they have no business doing, and say, if you want the money, then you got to do what we say. That's how they get states to buy in to a federal mandate. But if in, under federalism, if the state of Indiana, using them as an example, said, you know what, we want to try a voucher system. Every student for public or private school, religious or otherwise, gets X amount of their own tax dollars back to be able to use for the choosing of the school of their choice. And then the state of Minnesota says, no, Indiana sucks. We not only hate them in football, but we are the, quote, progressives, end quote, up here in Minnesota. I might add, we have no known listener to the Robin Walter Show from the state of Minnesota. But that's not why I'm picking on them. I'm picking on them because they really are screwed up. If the state of Minnesota says, no, we're going to dictate at the state level what kind of education the students have. And then down the road, the SAT scores and everything else from Indiana simply leave Minnesota in the dust. This is federalism. So that the states can do what they want and the states that pick a wrong course now have the opportunity of observing the states that have succeeded in choosing their particular path, and then they can model that state's path in their own state. And then all states have the opportunity to better themselves, as opposed to a federal mediocrity mandate, and I'm using mediocrity as the goal for federal education. That's the concept of federalism, which the left hates because they don't have control. They don't want the right of self-determination in education. They sure as heck don't want it in the world of abortion, as we found out with a Roe v. Wade reversal. They don't want it in the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ community and all the tranny stuff. That's why they have to make up a right. So when we oppose a contrived, folk, phony, fake right, they claim that their rights are being attacked. They hate federalism. They love control. It's from the pit of hell. It's the devil. The devil has always wanted control. I want to rise up. I, that's Satan. What's we said in what? Isaiah um, chapter 14, I think it is. I will ascend to the Most High. I will be like the Most High. I will ascend. I want, he just wants, Satan wants to be the grand poobah. And he has his minions in this world carrying out his plan, otherwise known as Democrats. Okay, so you got the point. The academic portion of this program is now being concluded. The rest is just the facts. The facts, ma'am, now we're moving on to the Joe Friday component of the Robin Walter Show. But I certainly don't want you to think that this nutsoid behavior is exclusive to the United States. I, I mean, it seems like there is a fight for pole position in the race to hell among and between certain states in this country 
and between this country and other countries. We used to export grain. I don't know how much we actually export anymore. We used to export a lot of it, corn, oil. Our number one export in this country is now sin. Make no mistake about that. When the president of Guatemala, whose name I can't remember, and if I remembered, I don't, I wouldn't be able to pronounce it correctly. It's one of those Hispanic names with about three middle names, about five names total. I don't quite understand that. Uh, the names wouldn't fit on the lapel of an army uniform. I know that much. But anyway, when he is begging the United States to quit trying to push abortion and tranny crap on Guatemala. God bless you, Guatemalans. Guatemalans are probably one of the few countries that are trying to get into the United States. Maybe people from the United States should be trying to get into Guatemala. I don't know. But to make my point that in the race to hell or the fight for pole position in the race there too, Germany is coming up like secretariat in the Preakness and the Kentucky Derby in 1973. By the way, my all-time favorite horse in my all-time favorite racing year. But that's another story when we can take a minute and have some fun, which isn't right now. Germany has a law proposed, which they think will pass, where individuals without a sex change operation, without anything of that sort, will be able to simply go to a government office and just sign a document that says, my gender has changed, and my name going forward is such and such. Now, they say, well, that's new. No, that's not really new because some states in the United States are beyond that. But here's what's new. They can do it every single year. You want to be male in 2022? You can be female in 2023. And then male again in 2024 and 25 and become female or whatever. And the thing is, it won't be a choice between two. It'll be like the California bar where they're asking me which of about a gazillion genders I am. Remember, keeping in mind, God made us male and female. All the other genders were made up by Democrats. But you can do it every single year. You can change, you'll be able to change your gender and your name in Germany. You do not need parental consent if you're a minor age 14 and older. Your parents, if they attempt to stop the child, will be subject to criminal convictions. Others will be fined if they refused to recognize your newfound annual gender change. And in fact, it is not a matter of just objecting. It will be if the party involved even raises a question. Not an objection, but a question. Meaning trying to identify, what the heck are you, man? The he-mail, she-man, all the screwed up stuff. Now you know who's going to love this. And, and you see, Germany is a trend-setting country for Europe. Europe is a trend-setting country for the United States. Barack Hussein Obama has always wanted to be the, the U.S. to be more like Europe, and he said so. He said, well, could we be more European? 
I know, I know, I can't believe it's me either. Barack, I'm sorry, those are crappy impersonations. I mean, the first one was somebody else. I didn't even know who it was. The second one, I think I got close. But who's going to love this in Germany? Try criminals. Somebody's on the run. They go in and they change their name and their gen. How about debtors? Huh. Oh, yeah. Well, it was, uh, yeah, well, last uh, last week I was, uh, you know, uh, Robin Walter. But this week I, I am uh, Joe Robinette, Walterez, uh, whatever. Uh, you know, that's That debt's not mine. That belongs to another person by the name of Robin Walter. That's not who I am. And doggone it, don't you question who I am because you can get fined. And if you happen to be one of my parents, I'll put you in jail. The world has gone mad. And something that I have predicted eight or nine, maybe even ten years ago, and I coined the term, I just haven't used it much, but a long time ago, is that when this mess is done, the sexual dysfunctional, the queers, that entire group, the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ world would be running the world. And the name that I gave him many years ago was the Gestapo. I stick with it. We are headed in that direction. And the next piece to point this out would be something that I want to highlight this today because while it's not likely that you will receive this from the federal government this year, you need to be informed if you get it this year, because if you don't get it year, this year, you might get it next year. Because they send out about 2 million of the surveys each year to individuals around the, around the country called the American Community Survey, which comes from the U.S. Census Bureau, which is a part of the Department of Commerce. Now, praise God, these guys are getting sued because they are acting just like the EPA, and maybe it's going to take the Supreme Court to shut these suckers down. They are so far outside the bounds of their authority. They are coloring so far outside the lines. They went off the rails in this American Community Survey, and I'm going to show you what it is and tell you what to do if you get it. Because I got one. I got one two years ago, and I thought, what the heck is this? I blew it off. I said, yeah, I, I know what this is. Go to sit to my wife. This is really good fire starter. Came in the mail. I don't need to do this. Then I got another one. Said, you didn't fill out the first one. You have to fill this survey out. I don't remember what I did with that second one. All I know is that I never heard from them again. And I might, I, I just don't remember. But I'm going to tell you your options when you're done. But let me tell you what this is. So the census is every 10 years, right? Right. The American Community Survey is now coming out every year to 2 million people demanding demanding that Americans reveal their job, their gender, their sexual orientation, which is really, of course we know, sexual preference, 
How many children do you have? Are you divorced? What's your income? And a whole lot more. Because this is Nazi Germany masquerading as a Democrat-run bureaucracy. Now, in the letter, in the survey, they're going to threaten you with criminal charges and fines of up to $5,000 per question. This is what the government contends. They have the authority to demand this information from you, and if you don't provide it, it's up to $5,000 per question. Now, God bless the Pacific Legal Foundation. I know some of those guys over there. On behalf of Maureen Murphy of Washington and John Huddleston of California, have filed a class action lawsuit. But don't go away. You need to know about this because you got a $5,000 fine per question not answered when we get back with the Robin Walter Show. Don't go away. The Robin Walter Show is a listener-supported program. Your contribution goes to help as many people as possible to hear that the Word of God has answers to help you survive and even thrive in the dark days ahead in this country. We pledge to bring you the critical information you need to make informed decisions in this age where big tech and big media have conspired to rid our country of everything Christian. Please send your support to The Robin Walter Show, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Or go to robinwalter.net and use PayPal. That's The Robin Walter Show. P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Or robinwalter.net and use PayPal. Thank you. We are back. This is the Robin Walter Show. Yeah, I fought the law, and will we win? I don't know. But here's one law that's not a law. They pretend that it's a law because they, the Census Bureau and the Department of Commerce contends that they have the authority to demand people that they choose under the American Community Survey to answer a whole bunch of invasive questions which they have no right to ask and no right to levy a fine or to act generally beyond the authority granted them by Congress. This is a classic conservative Supreme Court case to throw out just like the EPA which uh, case which the Supreme Court reversed a few weeks ago because they far, far exceeded any authority that the government gave them, i.e. Congress. So the American Community Survey, just to recap this, is going to demand that you answer questions about what kind of job you have, your gender, your what your your sex life, your children, your, whether you're divorced, your income, and not answering these criminal charges with fines up to $5,000 per question. Now, I'm going to quote from the Pacific Legal Foundation lawsuit because they're quoting essentially the law. Quote, the Census Bureau can ask Americans any questions it wants. That's a Census Bureau, but it cannot make people answer. Under its 
Authorizing statutes, the Census Bureau cannot compel responses to surveys outside of the 10-year census. That's the extent of their authority. The census, every 10 years. They don't have the right to go outside the 10-year census to ask all this other invasive garbage because they want to know everything about you. It says, further, it says that the authorizing statutes cannot make refusing to answer a crime and it cannot just on its own unilaterally raise a penalty for refusing to answer questions on the 10-year census from $100 authorized by Congress to the $5,000 per question that they're threatening. End quote. So here's here's the deal. Congress only has the right to do this once every 10 years as part of the census. They can ask you all these questions, and they're becoming more invasive. But they cannot compel you to answer. If you don't answer the questions on the census, yes, they could fine you, but only for $100. That's all Congress has authorized. For refusing the questions on the census, for every 10 years, you can tell them to blow off, and they can fine you 100 bucks. But they can't send these things out every year asking all this other stuff and then trying to hit you with $5,000 per question. Quote, the Census Bureau does not have the authority to compel Americans to divulge any information it sees fit beyond what's needed for the 10-year census. Congress has not authorized the Census Bureau to impose criminal penalties and fines for refusing to answer their intrusive and deeply personal questions. Unlike the census, the American Community Survey is conducted every year asking detailed and personal questions such as a person's sexual orientation, gender identity, fertility history, marital status, and divorce history. It's asking now about private health information, medical and psychological conditions on the individual's daily activities. It wants to know how much you pay in taxes, your utility bills, the household is responsible for, including how many beds do you have in your house, how many cars, and how many washing machines do you have. They want to know if you rent or own. Do you have a landline or a cell or both? What you've paid for taxes? Oh, and your mortgage. And do you have a second mortgage? And what are the occupants of your household's physical, mental, or emotional conditions? Your fertility status and whether the occupants have had children in the past year. Do you have minor grandchildren? Are you providing, are you providing for grandchildren's basic needs? This is outrageous, intrusive. And I could go to a few other words couple of which maybe you can't say on the air, but it just ticks me off. That's what I said last week. When government gets bigger, you get smaller. So the real question here is, what do you do? First, you can join the, join the lawsuit, the class action lawsuit, which will be a winner with this Supreme Court. Absolutely a winner. They're so far outside their authority. These people need to be shut down, fired. There needs to be a housing glut in Washington, D.C. by limiting and hacking the budgets in half of all of these entities and make people go out and get real jobs. Well, 
if this class action is successful, it will be successful throughout the whole United States. So what do you do? You can ignore them. I want to tell you something. Here's a case where I think you fully are within your rights to not tell the truth because they are not within their rights demanding the information. If they're going to go outside the bounds of the law, you don't have to tell them the truth either. So what do you do? Blow it off. First of all, make them send you a second one like I did. Then you can go down and eat at each answer, put not applicable or put I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You see, you've answered every question, just not with an answer that they want to hear. I don't know what gender I am. I don't know what my income is. I don't know how many beds I have. I don't pay attention to my utility bills. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And after all, what gender am I? What does that mean anymore? When you can change it. Well, just put, well, I once was male. Now I think I'm female. I'm not sure which one of the other 48 genders I want to be, so I don't know. I don't know on that one either. Same to you and more of it. Or if they are after you, you could just tell them, you know what? I never got it. Um, whatever. Make it up. I want to say this. I wish I could do a whole program on this. There are a number of biblical circumstances where it is okay to not tell the truth. I don't like talking about it because it's a slippery slope. Yeah, 99% of the time, but is that a lying tongue? No. Is that a heart of a lying heart? No. Was it a lying heart that Corey Ten Boom had when they asked her, are you hiding any Jews in your house? And she said, nope, not a, not a one. And I think what she had, 19? And there's 19 lives she saved. What is your motive? What is your purpose? There are a number of circumstances in Scripture when it is okay to not tell the truth. And the commandment of not telling the truth actually deals with being under oath. But there are other Scriptures that talk about the lying tongue that would imply it goes beyond being under oath. But in the Ten Commandments, it says, Thou shalt what? Not bear false witness. You are witnessing, stating a lie about someone else. It's where we get our crime called perjury is from the Ten Commandments. Not bear false witness. It's a court-related thing. But the general obligation is to tell the truth. Well, there are exceptions that are okay with God. This is one of them. All right, I'm going to quote from somebody else here who I'd never quote from, Bill Maher, from uh, his Friday night show, Real Time. Now, Maher is an interesting individual, but I want, to, I want to quote him because of something he did that is just ticking off the left. Maher is a liberal, he's a leftist, but only slightly to the left of your common grade liberal. He's truly a liberal. But he's not a dyed-in-the-wool leftist. He will oppose, being Jewish, the increasingly anti-Israel, anti-Semitic line of the Democrat Party, which has become the Jew-hating party. Barack Obama hated Jews. 
and it's become increasingly okay to hate Jews and the liberal bastions of academia. Uh, that deserves a whole other program. He is not a gun rights person by any stretch of the imagination. He is pro-abortion, but he also has a certain degree of deference to federalism. He's a liberal through and through, but not quite the leftist that the, the party, the direction the party's running to, which he thinks is political suicide. And he holds liberalism in high esteem, leftism and not so much. So he was making a point a few weeks back about the mass shootings. And I, I don't need to bring up my arguments, but I want to quote somebody here who has said something from the left that I have said a long time from the right. And we agree on something. And it deals with the unbridled romantic romanticization. Romanticization. Easy for me to say, huh? Romanticization of gun violence. So he agrees that, you know, uh, guns are too accessible. Not, I mean, with the left's position that uh, guns are too accessible. We need to have more accountability. Uh, but he goes on to say, is it the person pulling the trigger that's responsible? Well, yes. Is it the lack of gun control laws? Yes. Mental illness? Well, yeah. All of those are in there, but he's now adding, and being a liberal, this is why it's significant, because he's causing a confliction, an apoplexy among some of his left-wing friends who are far more, farther to the left than he, because he's added Hollywood's glorification of guns and gun violence to the list. He has said, and I quote, Now that we live in an age of uber-corporate responsibility where every large company in America bends over backwards to get on the politically correct side of every issue. And you can already tell by that inflection what he thinks of corporate responsibility. He considers it corporate irresponsibility, that they're just whoring and pimping for consumer dollars, which he loathes because he's a liberal by virtue of his positions that he believes truly. He's not a fake liberal. He's a real liberal. He believes this stuff. But continuing on, I better start over. Now that we live in an age of uber-corporate responsibility where every large company in America bends over backwards to get on the politically correct side of every issue, Hollywood has to tell us why doesn't that include gun violence? So in this piece, he cuts to a montage of gunfire and a bunch of action fire films, action-adventure films, produced by people who are overtly in support of gun control, but not gun control to the point where these Hollywood producers can no longer use guns to make themselves mega millions of dollars. These are the hypocrites in Hollywood. This is Robin Walters speaking here, not Bill Maher. But I'm agreeing, what he's pointing out is the hypocrisy of corporate America to not go against Hollywood for the gun violence and Hollywood itself, which is adamantly anti-Second Amendment, yet rakes in millions and probably billions of dollars off the profiting from gun violence, gratuitous gun violence. So, 
piece out here from me I'm going back to Bill Maher. Quote, when liberals scream, do something after a mass shooting, why aren't we also dealing with the fact that the average American kid sees 200,000 acts of violence on screens before the age of 18? And that, according to the FBI, now this was news to me, that's my insertion. Mark goes on to say that according to the FBI, one of the warning signs of a potential school shooter is a fascination with violence-filled entertainment. It's funny, he says, Hollywood is the wokest place on earth in every other area of social responsibility, but when it comes to the unbridled romanticization, I said it right that time, of gun violence, what do you hear? Crickets. Weird. The only thing we don't call a trigger today is the one thing that actually has a trigger. So Mar goes on to talk about these films and the one guy who is a hero getting over a grudge by mowing down a multitude of human beings. He said that these impressionable young men find that exciting. They want to imitate that. Mass shootings are happening more and more these days and no solution to the problem seems to be in sight because of the unyielding political divide. But then Marr on his presentation goes pulls out a pie chart that shows what appears to be the root of many problems. He says, and I continue the quote, broken young men who feel like losers and want the world to hurt just like they do. They get access to guns. These kids have smartphones, which makes losers feel even worse because of the bullying that they undergo and all the fake lives that look better than their own. And yes, yes, the crazy, crazy amounts of gun violence and movies uh, and TV, end quote, saying that these men who are these young men from invariably from broken homes, invariably without strong father figures, invariably um, or with, not invariably, but very frequently on psychotropic drugs, alienated, marginalized, maybe sometimes bullied. They want to be the they want to be famous, even if but for fifteen minutes. Absorbed, and what does Joey? And, and this is another place where I I will nail Biden. When you get to declaring this pandemic, which was unnecessary for school-aged children, was, is, and you just want to control everything. What have you done? You've sent the kids home for two years? Well, guess what they get to do? They simply sit and watch video games, many of them, and can't wait to get back to school and blow some of them away, some, get back to school and wreak violence that, you've, that these kids have been watching nonstop for two years, days filled with video games, and the whole goal of video games and the movies is to make the violence more and more real. I said seven or eight years ago, it's time to be able to sue the butts off the Hollywood moguls that are making millions as being a contributing factor in a shooting. So that when one of these kids who actually doesn't get a chance to kill himself can go on the stand 
in a criminal trial and say that I was moved by this movie and by this TV show, which I watched over and over and over until fantasy became reality. And all I wanted to do was what they were encouraging me to do and, and, I've, and have enjoyed doing by watching these films and then turning around and blowing people's brains out. Now, you think about freedom of the press. Well, yeah, I guess they got the freedom to do that, but freedom isn't without some measure of responsibility. And the responsibility here, I, I, I said that seven or eight years ago about being able to sue the movie studios, the movie moguls. Um, am I 100% behind that? Uh, no, not in a sense that... Um, that there's going to be some freedom of speech issues because then you start to sue people for anything and everything that shows up in a movie. Anything and everything could be the basis for somebody's lawsuit against this so-called artistic expression, so-called. But what I can agree with here on Bill Maher is what he's not calling them hypocrites openly, but he is calling them hypocrites between the lines, it's actually very clear. It's very obvious. And they are hypocrites, and nobody will call out Hollywood for its participation in developing a culture of death. These movies aren't made in Germany. These movies aren't made in Japan. People say, well, other countries don't have the problem with gun violence. We do. Well, no, they don't. Even though they've had the mass, they, even though they had the mass shooting in Denmark and the mass shooting in Norway and the mass shooting in um, I forgot it was Belgium, all these countries that have strict gun control laws, you can hardly get one. Uh, people are getting them in there, but the fact of the matter is, those movies aren't made in those places. They they watch some American movies, but American movies are largely consumed in America. Yeah, they spread out to other places, but largely consumed in the country that is consumed with gun violence. We have no morals taught at school. We have taught we have taught everybody that the child and womb is just a piece of flesh. That is just an appendage to a woman's body, which is, uh, I'm not sure how a woman could have something to her body that actually has a penis. Uh, that anatomical part, uh, that's an inconvenient truth, is it not? Well, of course, in this day of wokeism, uh, there are supposedly men having children, women having um, whatever, uh, having, geez, they can't even get into it. The men are menstruating. That lawmaker who uh, said, uh, called, uh, I can't even think of it, the guy from Missouri said he was transphobic by by the traditional definition of a woman wanting to know what a, you know what we have gone mad because we have departed from the word of god it's why the bible says train up your children in the way they should go not send them off to some screwed up government school now not all government schools are screwed up there are a few I've witnessed a few where I've traveled, or even where I'm traveling now. There's a local school that is, for the most part, okay, because it's a small, controlled environment. I get that. But the kids, if they are not trained up in the way they should go, then obviously they're not going to, they're not going to stay 
the godly path and route when all they see or hear is maybe one quick little sermon for 20 minutes on a Sunday, and they're subject to the influences of a culture. The Word of God has been driven out of culture. It is okay to attack Christians. The left has made it very clear in the last six months especially that the real enemies of the woke state are Christians. It isn't conservatives. Conservative is the political byproduct of being a true Christian. And for all those who fake Christianity and say, well, they really support women getting abortions and they support all this stuff, fire those pastors. Get out of that church. Leave. I was not disheartened when I read that 4,000 churches closed in 2020 and 2021. 20,000 pastors quit in that time period. What I was saddened by is the number of those churches that have got a for sale sign are being bought by Muslims. And why? Interesting that notwithstanding the falsehood of the Islamic faith, a strong component of the faith are certain biblical values heralded by Moses, heralded by prophets that they regard, they just, they say, well, you know, Christianity got screwed up. They misinterpreted the Old Testament. Well, I'll tell you, that is actually true by a lot of present-day pastors who try to be the wokesters inside the church. God has no place for them. I don't pray for them. I pray for people who are lost. I don't pray for people who know the truth and have cut and run. I do not. I'm still trying to get to that program where I could identify the four times in Scripture where it tells you to not pray or stop praying for certain people. I just never... I didn't even get to what I wanted to get to today. But next time, I will. I know I sound like Pinky in the Brain. Brain, what are we going to do tomorrow? Same thing we do every day, Pinky. We're going to try to take over the world. Well, I'm not here on the Robin Walter Show to try to take over the world. You know that. We're here to try to influence people, to influence them for the good, to find the spiritual guts with them to, to stand up against all that comes against us. As I mentioned in a men's Bible study the other day, one of my confronting all of the evil that overspreads the land is one of the noblest ways of confessing Jesus Christ. You see, a lot of people aren't going to go to a church. I challenge everybody nicely on the street that I can. I, I introduce God's Word into almost every conversation I can. But I don't quote me. I'm not trying to quote me because they're not interested in me. I don't say, well, you know, you're compromising. And you know what compromise leads to, right? No, no, I don't. Well, it leads to more compromise. Well, that's Robin Walter speaking. But instead, quote, maybe quote Ben Franklin, all right? To give up freedom for a little piece of bit of security, for those who uh, give up freedom for a bit of security, a little bit thereof, are worthy of neither. So I quote Franklin to make the point. Get mad at Ben Franklin. Quote God. 
Quote Jesus, let them get mad at another source. Let them deal with that. But you've planted the seed. And it's not you raising up yourself as the be-all and know-it-all. You're elevating God and see where that discussion goes. Rob Walter, Robin Walter, encouraging you to sit tall in the saddle. Remember, America, you ride for the brand, the band of Jesus Christ. We'll see you next week.